Hey, hi, hello, Joy the Party listeners. It's me, Eric, and it's just going to be me. If that freaks you out, turn it off right now. I'll give you a second to wait for it. All right, well, the rest of you are staying. <laughs> so we're in the in-between in times between Campaign 1 and Campaign 2. I can't believe that the Concentric States arc is over, and now we're doing this other thing. I don't think I've prepared creatively for anything else I've ever done in my life more than I am for this Join the Party thing. So I'm I'm ready. I'm so excited to play. You're going to be... It's going to be great. But in the meantime, we did say we we're going to have some one-shots, and I thought this would be a great time for me to go on to itch.il. For those of you who don't know, it's like a tabletop and games like compository that's not a word but you know what i'm talking about uh where you can find indie games and just buy them and pick them up so i heard about this uh recommended on uh friends of the table and this is from the emotional mecha game jam so they do game jams where people just kind of make up games or as quickly as possible and this was for the emotional mecha one basically from the emotional the emotional mecha jam people put together games that were about mechs and feelings and this is one of the games that came out of it so me by myself am going to i'm going to play the game plot armor by a game designer called dc so I'm going to walk you through this, and then we're going to play the game, and then uh, we'll see what happens. So uh, you can also buy this. Uh, we'll have the link in the episode description, and it's $7. Just pick this up. Games are worth your money. Uh, independent uh, game people are worth their money. I- I've never felt this more than putting, spending all the time and energy and editing and, and formatting and sourcing that we did for the Labor Party modules. I'm like, you can. it's not even that much. You can just buy. You're going to give me money from the things that came out of my brain? That sounds great. And I'm really excited to support uh, a game designer like this, and we're going to play Plot Armor together. So uh, for those of you, I guess, who have met me in person, I'm a big fan of, like, the anime mech genre, I think this comes from Friends at the Table. I like the idea that people go into mechs and it's emotional and like it's big robots fighting is wild. I'm not like an anime fan that all that much. Like I've watched some, like I used to watch Tsunami back in the day and I kind of like housed all of my hero academia. So these some of these tropes I don't know as well, but of course I play tons of games and I watch tons of TV shows and read all this stuff. So I think... Uh, this is a fun exercise for me to kind of stretch into it, and I am kind of making a robot mech anime as we go along. The The way that this game is, is paced is that you're a pilot who is looking back on his life as a pilot of a mech, and you're writing journal entries about it. So all I really need is a journal, which I have my microphone right here and Brandon listening to me. So every so often my journal is going to slightly titter back at me if I make a joke, which is good or not. And then I need one D6. So I have my desk right here and you can hear that now. Did, did you hear it? Did they hear it? Brandon says they heard it, which is pretty good. So I have everything that I need right here. So uh, let's get started. Plot Armor is a single-player RPG about perception, truth, and fate. Your character is the protagonist of a 32-episode mecha anime. Uh, I looked on the website, and it said that the optimal game is 24 episodes, so I think I'm going to do 24 episodes, because I'm worried about speaking all of this into existence. Uh, During these 32 episodes, or 24 episodes, your protagonist will slowly come to realize that reality is not what it seems. They have Plot Armor which is the ability to survive any and all situations that it may face due to being the main character of the story. However, your protagonist will unknowingly die at the end of episode 32 or 24 in my case. So let's talk about the setting. You can choose any setting for your 24 episodes as long as they contain the following. One, there is a mecha known as armor. So the mechs are named armor. There will be mecha fighting or conflict. Uh, There will be unimaginably difficult situations to escape or overcome without immense luck and or a possible skill. And there will be a Hot Springs episode, which is optional. (laughs) Brandon's looking at me weird. A Hot Springs episode is where everyone just kind of hangs out at a hot spring. It's like in between the season, you want like just the people talking to each other, but they're outside of the mech and people don't fight. They just hang out literally at a hot springs. The Brandon just asked me if the mech was nude and I would say no. 
No one is necessarily necessarily nude, I think. It's also kind of funny. It is, like, gendered in that way. It's like the boys talk to each other and the girls talk to each other. Like, sometimes they talk to it, but it's funny. This is funny. Brandon doesn't know anything about anime, so this is very fun. Um, let's see. Let's talk about the setting. Uh, I was thinking that the setting, because um, it can be any sort of anime I want as long as it has those things. It uses mechs, and they're called armor. I feel like, and this might be from watching his dark materials with uh, Amanda so much, but I like the idea that at some age, the people in the world get mechs. Like, it's very much like a bar mitzvah. It's a symbol that you're an adult. And I think there must be some sort of, like, compulsory draft or something. Um, I know, like, they still do a draft in Israel that, like, as soon as you turn 18, you can do, have to do anything. But, of course, like, things in the draft, like, you might not necessarily be fighting. You can do all this stuff. So I think there might be something about there being a country that has a compulsory draft because, and in the, like, when you are a teenager, you get a mech. It's like the mech finds you. So I feel like I, I wonder how they get. I wonder how they get the mech. See, this is the thing about me is that I get lost in in plot. I get lost in plot so much. Maybe like when you're 13, your birthday present is you go to the mech, like the mech department store. It maybe it's like robots are us, or um, it must be like more because I think in my head it's like very clinical. It's like yes, this is what happens. Like well, you know when you first get into the point where your doctor starts asking you if you are having sex, and then like those <laughs> Brandon laughed because I said sex. Um, when you have like different questions and you're like responsible for your own body and stuff. So I feel like this is similar. It must be like an institute. It's like the robotics institute of this country. Um, and they have a, and like you spend five years getting used to your mech. And I think your mech is, it probably has some sort of like pleasing version because it very much like in his dark materials, like the, the animal and the daemon or the daemon like finds you and matches your personality. So the mech has some sort of like randomly generated AI personality and also turns into some sort of animal or something that can fit, maybe probably fits in a backpack. And then, of course, when it activates, it's a mech suit and you can put it on and it it's, it's similar to the small version. And like that's the name of your that's the name of your mech is a nickname or something related to the animal you have. So like if you had a dog and it had a spot on it, your mech it's like this is my mech spot. And then even when you're in there, that's like your call sign because the the person and the mech are the same. So I think that that's interesting. And then they're fighting. If it's a compulsory draft, I think this is like one of those it, 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 like Ender's Game style. They're just like fighting uh, aliens or like Halo. Like when you can, uh, for those of you who play video games, it's like when you, you play Halo for the first time and you have to convince your parents because it's M-rated. It's like, no, we're killing aliens. It's fine. Um, or like an Ender's Game, like they were fighting some just like enemy out there. And I think it has to be like that. Um, I wonder, is there, there's another thing where you're just like the compul like the fighting of the aliens has to do this or like similar, I guess, similar to arrival, how just like the aliens show up and you just, and they just need to deal with it. And there's perpetual conflict, which I think stokes a lot of this, whatever Neo country we're living in. It can be like the Neo United States. I mean, honestly, like what if in 19 or like 2005, no, probably earlier, like in 1991, because that's just when I was born. Like all of a sudden, aliens started coming down, and then there was like a, a mech program, and then all all new children had to. It could be like in the DC area, even is like all children who turn 13 now go to the robotics institute and get their mechs at 13, and then you learn, you get your get used to them at uh for five years, and then then you go off and fight or do whatever you have to do in the army. I do also like that it's 13 because this is something that I'm really fascinated with history is that like ages or people or like reasons are so arbitrary. So maybe like the the director of the robotics Institute or like the robotics program is just Jewish and they're like, Hey, when should people start getting next? And it's like 13. That's when the bar mitzvah is. I kind of like that a lot. Um, let's see the protagonist. So, uh, I just did a lot of world building. Congratulations, Eric. Um, uh, I think there's also something interesting about fighting like an Im immobile thing. So maybe like they come down like asteroid, like it's an asteroid belt sort of thing. Like people are shooting asteroids at the United States and you got to like blow them up. Like, maybe, and then there are things inside of the asteroids, which might develop over the season. 
I think it's interesting. Um, so you're right, the mechs, the 18 year old children go up into space and fight with mechs that they've come to love over five years. Um, protagonist. So let's go to the next part. Uh, what's important about creating your protagonist is their mecha show archetype, the reluctant hero, an emotional genius, completely inexperienced, but full of heart, the child prodigy for honor and or country to end suffering and a foolish perception of being a pilot. The ar- these archetypes are not binding as your character may hit more than one during play, but consider them as an optional foundation of what to build off of, as well as the potential moments in your character's story. Uh, the one I'm really drawn to here is completely an experience full of heart. In my head, uh, I like, uh, and this is from My Hero Academia, is that uh, like the new normal is having superpowers in that anime. But in this one, the new normal is getting the robot. But it's like there needs to be like a heavy process about being chosen. But so maybe they go to the robotic institute, like the robotics where the mech, the armor, the armor warehouse. Yeah, it's, it's like men's warehouse, armor warehouse, uh, or the Armor Institute. Maybe armor is some sort of arcane uh, uh, initialism. Um, and they go down there when they're 13 and no, like, mech suit chooses them. I think there, there's some idea of, like, this is your, like, who is supposed to be a representative of you. And, like, there has to be, either it is literally, like, the mech chooses you or there's, like, the metaphorical the mech chooses you uh and it just like doesn't happen it's like he goes back to his his mom and his mom's like oh what mech? what's in your back like the children all have backpacks like like the that's where you keep your mech and of course he comes back and there's the backpack isn't full so maybe uh it's like he's a um it has to be it's always a guy in in these in a mech anime unfortunately so i think it has to be a dude here um and he's just like yeah i didn't find one it didn't choose me and they just like didn't have a mech, and they're like, are problems because of course like they get bullied like middle school and all that stuff for not having a mech, and like maybe I don't know they are like got beat up after school in a and uh, actually no maybe I should save this for for the first episode I'm gonna save this I have I have some some ideas I'll come back to this so let's start by playing a game. Uh, we're going to get started. So we're going to begin on episode one. I'm going to pick an arbitrary, awesome sounding star date to track time with and title your episode as such. Uh, their example is 12A-B011-XX, where it all began, episode one. Uh, your first episode must include the following plot points, how you became a pilot, your expectations for the future, what greater conflict you're enlisting and facing, uh, how you feel about said conflict, and your relationship with armor. Cool. Uh, These character pieces help establish your past, your present, your future, and solidify your character archetype. If during the game you run out of motivations or ideas on how to continue, come back to these pieces for for inspiration. Your character is chronicling each episode after it happened, so use the past tense. This is the case for every episode except for the final one. And then I'm going to cover what happens when I'm done with the first episode. I'm going to cover how we progressed through the game. So we're going to start with the episode. I uh, had to grab a journal. I do think it's important to have a journal on you because it's nice writing down the episodes because you're going to see uh, the D6 is how the episodes progress forward. Uh, I'm going to get to that more when I do it, but I think that I, I am going to need to keep track of my anime a little bit. My 24, my 24 season thing. Um, let's see. They just kind of use numbers, but I, I like the idea that it's like, there's like a BC AD sort of thing. Again, just because Jesus, like, let's start just recording our stuff after Jesus was there. That's fine. There was time before, but then after that, counting differently. That's how we do it. So I feel like it needs to be, if we're going off of 1991, it's like 1991 is like the flashpoint, or it's like the falling, like after falling star or something. So maybe it's like, and like they, they just have totally, and it's now they don't have months anymore. It's just seasons or like there are only three seasons because like the asteroids are messing with it. So it's like the season is just like rain. I, like there's a monsoon season. There's like dry, mo- <laughs> there, there's um desert. No, I think it's one is definitely monsoon. So one season is monsoon. The other one is just like Twilight because maybe it's like 
what's I mean, everything what's happening in literally in Australia right now, how just like it's just a colored because of dust in the air and smoke. So it might just be called like if you want to be romantic about it, it's twilight. And then there needs to be like a dry season. I think it's just like it's I like the idea that it's romantic, though. So maybe it's like sun. Or soul, yeah. the 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 three seasons now are monsoon, twilight, and soul, and it's also uh, after falling sky. So it's AFS. Um, I think the then let's see if it's ninety one. Let's make this like an neo. So it's like fifty two. Okay. All right. So the first episode is AFS fifty two monsoon. So after the falling star, year fifty two in monsoon season. Because, like, days don't matter anymore. <laughs> we all lost our days after after the stars fell. Oh, shit! We, <laughs> I'm going to write that down. That's very good. Um, Monsoon in the, the uh, episode one. I would call it episode one, Last Picked. All right, cool. So episode one is called Last Picked in AFS 52 Monsoon. Um so all of these need to ha- come from the past tense and should have all of these th- and should have all of these things. Um, let's see. <laughs> oh my god! I I'm trying to think of how like maybe everybody is self serious, but things are pretty goofy. I guess it's not very goofy. I think everyone could just be pretty self serious. So. Um, Everything changed after the start. I can't say that's how it's how Airbender starts. I was like, oh, what did I say? Um, the days stop mattering after the stars fell. When the star is falling, where does the stars go? They just can't keep falling in the sky. That's not how physics works. We all learn that in our I think again also the school has like changed. So it's like, um, we all learn that in our combat physics course. Falling things need to go somewhere. The point is that we know where they go and we can catch them in our armor. Our armor is more than just what what protects us. We protect it. It's all in the same, really. And uh, when I found my, my armor, but when I found my armor, I knew I had to protect more than just me. I was protecting everyone. I hold I need a couple with an A. I need his name is like. I wonder if he's also you're named after the the season you were born in. So if he's like this kid is now 19 or 18. Uh so he's probably named in the twilight time so maybe he was uh, uh or in between if you're a cusp baby like it's about that. So maybe he's he's uh I think he's his name Sunset Park. <laughs> That's a good name. Last name Park. He's the first name of Sunset. I, I son, my name is Sunset Park, and I'm the greatest pilot that the Neo-American armor class ever had. And I have to tell you where it began, because I wasn't always like this. I didn't have, even have an armor to start with. It's not even about me. It's about the armor. The armor is what brought me to greatness. I can see why I was left out in the trash that day. Everyone knew who I was. I guess I was kind of a local celebrity. I was the kid when they turned 13, when they got bar mitzvahed in the eyes of the country. (laughs) That's also a pretty fucking good line. I'm going to have to write that down. When I was bar mitzvahed in the eyes of the country, I went down to the Institute like every kid did. We all went in groups. Uh, I was part of the, uh, I was part of the soul the soul group. I know we're, I've kind of got born in the liminal spaces between, but it's not really up to me. It's whatever the teacher says. All of us went up together and we were going to the armor Institute to pick up our mechs. Uh, everyone knew that your armor said something about you. If you had a small armor that was fast and sleek, you'd probably be part of the delivery corps running packages all over the country and people will salute you for your service. Maybe give you a, a few dollars so you could pick up a cold drink at the end of the day. If you got a if you got a big uh if you got a big mech, if you got a big armor, one that towered over buildings, uh you could be it could really mean anything. It could mean that you could you would be the first person in the uh, you would be fodder, you'd be shot at. Or maybe you'd just be suited for construction. Uh that one was kind of just for up for interpretation. Um 
depending on how many uh, legs your armor had, you'd be lucky if you uh, be able to find it later. It was uh, as it transformed into a bug that would pop into your. It would be transformed into a bug as it popped into your backpack. It wasn't even. It wasn't as much as the as the armor was when it was out. It was when it was in that meant just as much. Obviously, it all fit in the backpack. Every single one fit in a backpack. But if you could find it and not break it, well, that was the challenge for you as a 13-year-old. But me, I, I never got an armor, not in the way everybody else did. Uh, when I went to the Institute, I waited, and I waited through the boxes, and I looked up, and I looked up high, and I went up low. I even went to the, the fifth floor, which only kids that are that really don't know what they're doing need to be guided around by the technicians up there. I went everywhere. I went back to my mom with my backpack in hand. And she asked, well, you got, uh, where's, where's the armor? Is it a, is it a bug? Is it a little butterfly? And I said, no, I didn't get one. And I don't know if it's true necessarily, but I, I felt like I heard Eddie everybody gasp. Maybe it was just me. Maybe it was just my mom. Maybe, but it resonated over that room, bouncing off of all of the mechs, uh, in their small puppy sized or cat-sized, or bird-sized bodies. So I was the kid without a mech. Uh, I was the kid without armor. And of course, that only allows you to get bullied more, right? It's I didn't even mean to make it a metaphor. I think it just is. Uh, They locked me in lockers because I had no way to get out of it, and I would bang and bang until the janitor, who uh, still walked around with its... with his calico armor licking between its his licking between his feet when he would finally let me out. I think by the twentieth time I would just kind of wait. I knew his routine. I knew Mr. Roberts' routines, and he would come around once he got his second coke. But before the second Fanta, never wanted to be there once he got a second Fanta. Um, in the future, I guess I had always hoped I would be a great pilot fighting the asteroids that would fall down upon the earth. Maybe I'd be the first one to figure out where they came from. Maybe I would be the first line of defense. I don't know. For now, I was just worried about getting to the end of the day. It was at the end of that, that I finally kicked my, I kicked my way out of the locker. Cause you know, I could figure it out on my own. Right. My mom wasn't, wasn't going to be home for another few hours. So I didn't have a ride or anything. So I just walked home uh, it was six hour. It was six miles if I went the long way, but no one wanted to go the short way, so I went the long way. Out by the trash that I walked by, um, I felt like someone was t- was pulling at my jacket as I was walking by a mini mall with a closed shoe stop, uh, with a closed shoe shoe store and an old arcade, and um, a very specialty grocery store that only sold turnip based items. So amongst all the 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 tur the turnip soup the turnip soup and the turnip hot dogs in a pile, there what seemed to be uh, well it was an uh, most of the other armors they're animals it's just they are they move around that way whoever created the armor wanted them to move around, but this was just a ball, it was about the size of a soccer ball. But and maybe some of the patterns, but instead of being black and white, it was just black. You had to look very, very closely to see if to see even the pattern, a gyroscope of uh, different of different uh, shapes that twisted and that twisted if you looked at it too long. And I did it. I mean, my head hurt, but uh, I, I turned around and no one was there before. And I turned around again when I felt the tap again. And then I saw this ball. I thought someone had just kicked their really dirty soccer ball off on the street. And I picked it up. And for the first time, I felt like this was a friend. Like you, you just know someone is a friend immediately as you touch them. Uh, as I, Well, you know, I'm not t- out touching people <laughs> immediately. That's probably why I didn't have as many friends. Um, but immediately it slid onto me. The, the colors of, of armors usually change depending on what the color of your animal is. There's the spot is the dog. We, we call it spot. The, the uh, bovine uh, mechs, I guess, would have names like Bessie or Bessie or Daisy. But this was all black. I don't know if it thought it was a cat 
or thought it was a bat or thought it was something else, but it was just a ball and it slid onto me immediately. I didn't even have to try. And I finally felt, yes, I'm protected. This is the armor. I can do it. And I'm going to be the greatest asteroid-destroying mech pilot of this side of the Mississippi. So I love my armor. And my armor loved me. Hello, it's Eric in the mid-roll. This is not me during the game, but me outside of the game. And it's happening in the future, which is different than the game because that's an alternate universe, which so it could be in the future anyway. The point is, I'm doing the mid-roll now, and I'm in the studio. I want to tell you about something we're very excited about going down this year. We are revamping the multi-crew. Now, for those who don't know, the multi-crew is Multitude's special membership program. And if you didn't know about it before... It's getting even better. But for those of you who do know what it is, we want to bring more people into the fold there. The promise of Multitude is that it's an independent collection of people who are betting on themselves. And we want to keep making podcasts for you, and this support helps us do that. So, we have a new tier at $5 a month. You get our exclusive RSS feed with Head, Heart, Gut, the friendly debate show where there's no right answer, just the best answer, with features all of the Multitude hosts. And our RSS feed has unreleased live audio. These are exclusive recordings you can't get anywhere else. And there also might be some pilots and extras that we haven't released yet that you might be pretty excited about. Now, for $10 a month, you get that RSS feed, but you also get a special Street Team sticker pack, access to a private multitude Instagram controlled by all the hosts, and an exclusive bi-weekly newsletter with photos from the studio, sneak peeks of upcoming content, and at least one dog photo guaranteed in every single issue. I swear my life on it. There are also higher tiers, but you can check all of that out at multicrew.club for more information and sign up today. Speaking of new things, hello to our newest patrons, Laura, Christy, Mac, Brooke, Stephanie, Taylor, Stephen, Sean, Allie, Tyler, Lauren, Julie, Veronica, David, Sabrina, James, Victoria, Paul, Rick, Kate, Katrin, Chassie, and Rhiannon. Get access to our patron-only Discord amongst all these other bennies at patreon.com slash join the party pod. We are sponsored this episode by our friends at Hero Forge. Five years ago, a Kickstarter allowed Hero Forge to launch revolutionary web-based design tools for making custom minis. Since then, they've been shipping hundreds of thousands of miniatures to dozens of countries around the world. And now, they're coming back with a Kickstarter for Hero Forge 2.0 with colored minis! They're not just gray, they're colored in beautiful Technicolor. Using cutting-edge 3D printing technology and other color design tools, the material is printed in color. It's not even painted. The color is in the plastic itself. Finally, your minis will be just as colorful as the role-playing world in which you create. So go to the Hero Forge Kickstarter at heroforge.com slash kickstarter and start supporting. Good job to 2.0. We are also sponsored this week by HelloFresh. You can break out of your dinner rut with HelloFresh's 22-plus seasonal chef-curated recipes every single week. They'll help you save time and stress over your dinner plans. And you can finally enjoy cooking and getting dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes or even 20 minutes with their quick recipe options. Their pre-portioned ingredients means there's less prep for you and there's less food waste. And now HelloFresh is even cheaper from $5.66 per serving, which is so affordable. I recently had their pork chops with fig jam, and I never really ate or cooked pork before, so it was great to give it a shot with instructions and relatively low risk. To try them out for yourself, go to HelloFresh.com slash JoinThePARTY10 and use code JoinThePARTY10 to get 10 free meals, including free shipping, during HelloFresh's New Year's sale. That's HelloFresh.com slash JoinThePARTY10 with the code JoinThePARTY10 to get 10 free meals, including free shipping. 
And thanks, as always, to 20-Sided Store in Brooklyn, New York for supporting this episode. I finally picked up Kids on Bikes, which is a really great RPG about teenagers, and it's very like E.T., Stranger Things. But I also picked up the scenario books uh, where some really awesome game designers put together NPCs, plot hooks, total settings, which is supposed to work for Kids on Bikes, but actually is really interesting inspiration for any RPG game. Uh, I actually found a lot of interesting inspiration that I might pull into season two of Join the Party, so watch out for that. Just so you know, watch out below the snow. So no matter if you're getting a new RPG book, some new dice, or want new friends to play Magic the Gathering with, head on over to 20-Sided Store in Brooklyn, New York, and get 20% off using the discount code JOINTHEPARTY in-store or online. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, let's see what Sunset does. So so this is the where I figure out what to do next. So once you feel that you've covered that episode fully, which I think I did, I feel like I talked for a long time there, which is funny because this is a podcast where it's just me. Uh, once I've covered that episode fully, I roll my D6. I'm going to take that result and add that to the number of your current episode number. So if I rolled a four and I was on episode one, I'm now on episode five. And then etc. So once you know what your episode, what episode your next journal entry is, you roll uh, your d6 twice for one of the following sections to decide what happens to your protagonist and what happens to your armor. So and uh, I'm going to talk about chronicling the episode. Uh, while chronicling each episode, I'm going to tell the story of whatever time skips might happen. This can be due to episode jumps or even by moving the star date forward by choice. Episode uh, 24 can take place 10 years after episode 1 or 10 days. Once you're finished chronicling the episode, I'm going to roll our D6 again and choose the prompt for the next episode. I can interpret the prompt in any way that it makes sense to me. Each one of these situations will bring my protagonist closer to realizing they are an invincible, impossible being. When they become sure of this truth and in what context is up to you. And then I'm going to get to my finale as I get there. So I'm going to roll. Oh, I rolled a six. So now I'm on episode seven. All right, so this is going to be forward just one season. So this is AFS uh, 52 Twilight episode seven, and it's called Flight School Showdown. Uh, I'm going to roll for my D6. I got a three. I went berserk and slayed a friend and foe alike. And then the armor is a two. It temporarily transformed. Okay. So this is already on episode seven. So I think we've kind of like already established like this person getting the, the uh, Sunset Park, getting his friends and like all the other misfits and all the misfits coming together. And they also like suspect that Sunset is a... Um, I probably suspect that Sunset is a like the amazing at what they do. Um and they like Sunset just doesn't actually have any sort of control over the mech. It's like the mech does things quicker than even Sunset. But like when they have to make an emotional choice, that's when the person inside of the armor is like they are starting to quintessentially embody what it is. Armor for so many other people, I think, is controlling it. But I think that this all-black armor, I wonder what he names it. It probably is, like, something... Maybe it's just, like, Midnight. <laughs> yeah, the armor is named Midnight. Um, because it doesn't have, like, a, a uh, an animal name. Like, he, he uh, Sunset has to tell people that it's a, it's a black cat. Um, but, of course, it's just a, the rolling ball. So, I think this in the flight show, this is... Uh, immediately Sunset is drafted into, is immediately drafted because at, at his regular high school, he's just excelling my, far beyond everyone's wildest things. And of course he can't do it, but he doesn't want to disappoint uh, his teachers and his mom. And uh, he wants to be better than all the bullies who bullied him. So I think that he went immediately. There's like a flight school, like he got drafted early. And of course it's like hand waved of why a 15 year old, uh, why a 15 year old is now in flight school immediately. So I think that he has a showdown uh, where he's challenged by like a hotshot who has a, uh, I literally think he has a duck, a duck uh, armor. 
and he has like very big like wings and aggressive like an aggressive mouth like pincers when he turns into a, a mech and uh, most of the armors I guess I mean they have jets but I like that this one has literal wings which makes him fly faster he's like more aer- aerodynamic he's like using the uh, what was it what's a duck name I think he's just named Quack. So he like Quack is the is the flight school bully, and Sunset is going up against Quack, and they're doing like there's there's uh, I think there's a series of challenges, and um, I think this is where it picks up in the in the beginning. I always remembered what it was like to beat Quack. I didn't mean it. Sometimes things happen that I I don't remember, but. Quack deserved it. All of the bullies deserved it. When I found Midnight, I became more than just myself. I leaned into what Midnight wanted me to be. Midnight was the first thing that ever wanted me for something. No one else did. So they Quack got what they deserved. On the flight at the flight school, they had the the ultimate obstacle course. You could go against yourself and do trial after trial after trial, um, which I know some of the cadets did, but of course I never needed to. I wanted to. I wanted to be someone who was grinding, but of course I couldn't. Quack challenged me to a showdown. I didn't know what that means, and he laughed in my face with literal ha-ha-has coming off of his face. And I, I shrugged my shoulders, and they led me through. The first was a speed test where you had to go as fast as possible and touch a button on one side and touch a button on the other side. The second was a a giant ropes course designed for armors. And I had to do it. You had to do it as fast as you can. And the third and the final one, you just, they, they set both. They, you set both mechs on either side of an enclosed chamber, like a tunnel. And they just needed to run into each other. And whoever came out, came out of that wall brawl. The speed I handled with ease, I had gotten better at leaning into the thrusters that popped up when Midnight was ready to run. And I think he was, Quack was surprised. Quack thought he had it with the aerodynamics of the wings and all. That was his signature move, the spin and tuck and roll that only a duck is capable of. (laughs) Um, I got too cocky. I thought that Midnight would take me through. But I guess Midnight wanted to teach me a lesson of my own, and I had, I literally felt each rope I needed to grab through in the second obstacle, and I lost. And finally, it was the wall brawl. They said, us, oh, it was really just a, a, a soccer field with walls on either side. It was literally a straight shot for each of the mechs to run into each other. Midnight wasn't big. He was fast and sleek and smart, but he wasn't big. And the wing, the wingspan, and the of quack. I didn't think I could make it. A quarter of the way down, I thought I couldn't make it, and I said out loud, "Midnight, this isn't our time. We're gonna lose. You're gonna die. I'm gonna die. You're gonna die. Whatever you chose before, we can't do it together." And then midnight grew, grew and grew and grew. I didn't even know there was enough. The, maybe the darkness was obscuring how much size there was, but it kept getting bigger. Slowly, we dwarfed the. So we we dwarfed Quack. We dwarfed the building. We dwarfed the soccer field. We were just too big. And as they grew, they were talk. I felt more. I felt more than I had before. I felt bigger. And of course, when you feel big enough, it's just to you telling yourself that the other person deserves to be destroyed. Of course, that's when I saw it for the first time. It wasn't an asteroid falling from the sky. It was something else. Well, it seemed like just a falling rock, but as it got closer, it had arms and hands and feet, and it looked just like us. But it was green and purple, and nothing falling from the sky should be like that, not for like an asteroid, and it was heading right for us. So we had to do what we had to do. We destroyed both at the impact with midnight, with quack and with the falling and with the falling robot. What did we call? I forgot what we ended up calling them. It was like snakes from the sky. We ended up, they were all snakes to me. 
even with the arms and legs. I destroyed the snake and I destroyed Quack. I don't remember, but no one pushed me around after that. All right, that was seven. <laughs> I was like the thing at the end, Sunset said, right to the bottom of the journal. I won, by the way, if that wasn't clear. I was the winner. I, I won. I won the whole thing. Damn, I got another six. This is like... <laughs> they're just running through this. I guess that's what happens. I like the thing that these are released in like very short seasons, even though I know it's an anime, but it's like maybe it's in it's in batches of six. One through one through six is one season, one like seven through twelve is one season, and now we're on thirteen. I also like this is only one season later, so this is FS fifty two Soul. And then and thirteen. Let's see what happens. Six, I came back from the dead. That's great. And two, again, it was temporarily transformed again. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um, let's see. This one is called um, "Did You Miss Me?" <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Thirteen. What is a group of snakes called? I'm going to look that up. A Roomba? Oh, a Rumba. Like a like the uh, the dance. <laughs> See, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon thought it was a Roomba of snakes. They're, they go around and clean things for you as they go around on the, on the ground. I like the Rumba. So it's a, a group of snakes. So I think this is the destruction. I'll be like... Okay. Um... No kids. This is only like a month. This is only like a few months later. I this is all in seasons. Um, so this is FS fifty two Soul. This is in the hot. See, this is in the hot season. Um, the funeral was nice. It was tasteful. I don't even know if you're supposed to know what tasteful means when you're this young, but no one's supposed to see their own funeral. The Armor Institute put it for me. I think they did it because they knew they sent a kid up too too quickly, no matter how fast and smart and powerful and cool and strong and kind and sweet and nice and kick-ass he was. But no kid should be up there. Not against the rumbas. Not against the rumba of rattlesnakes that fell from the sky that day. What happens when an asteroid comes through the orbit? Most of it's supposed to burn off, I guess, and then it collides, but... When you throw something living through the orbit, do you think they can wiggle through? Are there cracks that will keep you from falling at such a height that maybe you just end up down here? There's a rope ladder in the sky, maybe. When they found me, midnight was surrounded me like a coffin. It's as if the armor knew more than they did. I was happy to be there. But it was more confusing than anything else. It felt more like a bed than anything. It felt like a bed. Like a really nice dark bed if you went to a hotel and the and the blinds are pulled. I was alive in there. It's just the cough, the armor thought it knew better or wanted to say something to everyone else. So they let me they let me bury it. Luckily, we didn't believe in a uh, we didn't believe in an open casket, and honestly, no one should after dying. I knew. Maybe you get some peace. Maybe the dead should sleep. I wasn't. I didn't want to sleep. I wanted to. I wanted to go. But the armor knew. Armor knew better. Midnight knew better than that. So they left snacks in there the last. The last time I wasn't looking, and even a screen to watch my favorite shows. Eventually, armor. Eventually, it opened. You know how I knew it was tasteful. I saw it. It was nice. Flowers everywhere. Enough crying. Like, not too much crying, but enough crying. Someone was reading a poem that rhymed sunset with inset. I had met them before, but they said they were my friend. I guess, so I guess that was Midnight's plan bringing all the people who didn't know me before together so I could really get a chance to tell them what for. And I did. 
someone posted the video a little while later. It got more views, almost as much as the video of me blowing up the an asteroid the size of 10 shopping malls. Well, I guess Midnight did that. I did this one. I don't know a Sally. She shouldn't say that she did. Freaking Sally showing up to my funeral and saying that she knew me. But she also pushed me into lockers before. Not, not old sunset. All right, that's a four. So we're going to go to episode 17. It's funny. Th- these are all like, I feel like the, the episodes I've been describing are like beginning season openers and season closers. Like they're, they're reestablishing something or like ending a story arc. So this is the first one where it feels like it's going to be in the middle of something that's already happening. So this is 17. Um, this is going to be a- a- AFS 53. I like that maybe now the, the seasons have changed. Now that we're like more than we're 17, we're like nearing the end of the sea of the season or nearing the end of the series. So maybe it's like, there are different ways of of talking about this. So I, I'm going to think of some. So maybe it's more basic. It's just drip, dust, and what's a, what's another word for the sun that also has D? Like, and dry. So we went, uh, we were in Monsoon before, so now we're in drip. So this is AFS 53, drip, episode 17. Okay. Let's roll them. Let's roll them bones. Oh, see, da- oh, five is use the power of love. Very good. That's for the protagonist. And five learned a new ultimate ability. I love it. Um, I wonder if this is like he gets disillusioned from the army and now he's like a just a space cowboy. Like they totally turn the whole thing and now he does heists and he's like the special he's like the the wild card for he's like a space cowboy and he gets picked up with a bunch of other armors. Um and this is like in the mid this must be in the middle of the heist. So it's called I think it's this is the heist part three returns. Um I still think back of the pi- I I think maybe they're space pirates. They call themselves space pirates, but they're just robbers. They're just like um I remember I remember my time with the space pirates, you know, with Goober and Jiminy and Rose and Tico and Alphonse. And there were two roses. I guess there was Rose P and Rose F. They didn't name themselves after their armor. I had to remember that sunset wasn't my that I was sunset and not midnight. It was important to me. I had to be both. This is when the heist went wrong. We had everything planned out. We knew that the we knew that the, the guards were going to be out around their lunchtime. They were still using humans inside of there. Everyone else had used robotics, but that's why we were gonna hit the oldest bank on this side of the solar system. The people on Mars, they're proud people. Too proud, if you ask me. Alphonse and I, we were supposed to watch out if something went bad, and something did. One of the guards found one of the guards tripped while getting outside, getting outside of their armor, and that's when the fire started. It 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 was like a a red dust storm. All of the mac, all of the armors blending into the the red dust outside. I tried to fight them off as best as I could, but it was overwhelming. It overwhelmed Alphonse as well. There was one, two, three, five, ten, twenty mechs surrounding them, each the si- each the color of red dust. And I'd be turned into red dust if I if I couldn't help him. I barreled it. I died once before. I knew I could die again. I screamed into the radio interface, Alphonse, just duck. And I reached out and I knew if I did this for Alphonse, I could get him out. I couldn't die. Or I knew how to the first time. At least I would make it pretty. At that point, Midnight knew what he knew what they had to do. And they grew arms. I knew Midnight always wanted to be a cat, but I more assumed he wanted to be a spider. 
It grew. It went from four to six to eight arms, each with rock, each each with its own eight arms of rockets fired at each one of the mechs. The rockets spiraled out like well fireworks. It was beautiful. It was blue and purple and green on red, and it all every single one exploded in its own fireworks of its own. I grabbed Alphonse by the bo- by his boot and pulled him back to safety. He popped out, and he was fine. Just like I was. Huh. I guess I can't die. Maybe they can't? There was too much money. There were too many simoleons on the line for me to, for me to worry about that now. There was gold in them hills, and we were ready to take them. Let's roll it again. Three! AFS. So this is three. There was an episode. So this would be AFS Dust Episode 20. So this is after the heist. You know, this is going to be the Hot Springs episode. <laughs> I think this is the episode. This is like there's an extended season. And this is uh, between all of the six that they usually drop. And uh, I think this hot in this Hot Springs episode, um, they're finally the whole heist crew is cooling off. Uh, after figure after all of that, and they came out with rich people, but of course, uh, both of the roses uh, exploded on impact as they got the tried to get the simoleons out, and the I guess the asteroid came one an, an asteroid from the from the snakes uh, exploded and took both of the roses on. Um, let's see what happens. Two. I'm transformed. <laughs> the protagonist is transformed into a new powerful form. Three. Oh, took over control of itself. That's wonderful. Um, I think in the uh, episode 20, we all needed a break. We all did. Even I. I was different. I guess I what thought I thought was oil in my hands was still just it was still there. It was black. Maybe midnight was running off on me. Rose P had mentioned something about a hot springs on the other side of Saturn. It was the best one in town. And when she meant town, she meant planets around. So I thought I'd stop in. We'd all stopped in. We deserved it. I washed my hands so many times and nothing came off. Eventually, I just lazed around, talked about Alphonse, played with his new robotic eye as he popped it out and it swam around in the water like a duck. Of course, that w- I didn't remember anything after that. W- why would ducks mean anything to me? Don't talk to me about it like that. I know. How did I end up on the other side of this? I wondered after all of the I'd seen so many explosions around me. I saw them in my dreams now. They're beautiful. They're stars. Stars in the sky that fall down to where we are, and it's nice. I guess I looked down at myself for the first time. It was nice being the hot springs, getting my clothes off. The oil, I was still calling it oil, had spread. It was on my knees now, and my feet, and one of my ears, but at least I could hide that behind my behind my hair. The hot springs was nice. I remembered that. I still think of a bath when I need... I still take a bath whenever I need to stop stressing out. Of course, that was the most time I had spent without midnight in some time. So when I went back and pushed the ball and saw the biggest... A ruby the size of two of my heads staring back at me. I knew I shouldn't leave them for long without me. Three. All right. I'm at episode 23. So this is the one before the finale. All right. So that was episode 20. So now we're on episode 23. That is AFS 53. And now we're on dust. I keep getting two. So I'm re-rolling that. Six. All right. I'll come back to the, I'll come back to the dead again. That's fine. And three, the armor took control of itself again. Midnight always had better goals for me than I thought I did. But maybe it wasn't me. 
Maybe Midnight wasn't an armor at all. It was something else. It was a suit. It was a pair of shoes. It was a hat. It was a lie. It was a device. It was homework. It was... Well, that one doesn't fit. Those are all clothes that I wore. This is my journal. I'm going to write it the way that I want. Don't criticize me. Me. After the snakes led their full launch on Neo-America, I fought as best as I could. I shot all the shots. I punched all the punch. They had mechs of their own now. Rattles. Vipers. Poisons and such. I fought off as best as I could. The explosions, you know. But eventually, you can't do it anymore. If you and the armor are one, maybe the armor will do better without you. If taking the part out of yourself that doesn't know what it's doing, that could be better, right? So I hopped out and I ran. I ran home. I knew it, I, and I made it home before my mom did. It had only been a little while since I last saw her before they sent me off to the academy. She wasn't expecting me, of course. She didn't lay a plate for dinner, but I knew she wanted to see the sunset. That's me. I'm the sunset. Of course she forgot the milk again. Of course, that was the only reason she went out to the grocery store in the first place. So I went. I volunteered. I thought it would be a nice thing for me to do. Of course, I realized I left my wallet inside with a pack full of simoleons that only I knew what to do with. When I turned around, it was gone. I forgot what a blast lo- what a blast feels like outside of the armor, how fast it is, how much it explodes, how fast it is, how quiet it is. We're living in the future now. It doesn't need to ex- if it doesn't collide with another mech. Of course it doesn't explode. So it was just gone. The academy thought I had died. Especially when Midnight was spread into the sky by the final launch of the snakes using their super weapon. It's Everything is just a giant laser when you think of it, but this was a particularly giant laser. Midnight spread, to, Midnight spread into the night sky. And I was nobody again. I was in sunset. I was nothing. And I'm happy for it. All right, so now this is the finale. This is episode 24. The format changes slightly. Instead of chronicling the past, you also include the present situation your protagonist is in. The situation that will, unbeknownst to them, be their last. Once you've completed the episode, the game is over. Now, my life's not interesting. I'm a guy. I'm Steve. Steve Park. Everyone's named Park now in Neo-America. I work in the last remaining bookstore in the city, and I have pride in that. That doesn't make me special or anything. Maybe I wasn't. Maybe I never was. The fact that I could resist dying so many times, it's not a special skill. That's a circumstance. And I'm bored. I'm bored at work. No one's come in for a few hours. Why do you need books when... There's a tyrannical mecha space snake autocracy running everything. They have you in the venom mines or watching their eggs or pulling the snake off, which or pulling their snake skins off, which honestly isn't that different than what nail salons used to do in the past. Eventually, the door is knocked on. The one at the front. It's pushed open and the bell rings. I look up and I say, hello. Is anybody there? I'm Steve. I can help you out. I don't see anybody. There's rustling in the fiction section near the mystery novels. It's almost like a bouncing. Like something is just is bouncing along. It's not steps. I don't think anything of it. Weirder people has come in. I guess they're not even people now. They're half snake, half alien, half mecha things. Oh, well. Can't save them all. 
The bell on the front desk rings. I look up. There's nobody there. I say, hello? Is anyone there? Do you want a book? I look down. There's a book in front of me. It's an old detective nail. It's an old detective novel I love to read. It was called The Sunset and the Midnight. That's silly. Those are the two names I recognize. And I look down at the silent, dark ball sitting in the middle of the carpet. And it fades to black. Woo! That's my anime. It's super dark and it only ran for 24 seasons. And I'm sure people really like it on Netflix. Uh, well, that was the first time I had done anything like that. Um, I'm sorry if it was sad and there were explosions. But I feel like that's what anime is about. I don't know. Uh, Sunset Park is a great name. I think I'm going to have to use that. Or Midnight Park. I also like that as a name. Um, this is the first, yeah, this is the first time I've done this, I've done anything like this before, so, uh, we'll probably keep doing one-shots in the future, uh, but everyone please pick up Plot Armor, uh, by DC, you can just get that at twitch.io and search Plot Armor, um, it's, it's weird talking to yourself, just, (laughs) I know Brandon, Brandon was listening, but it was weird talking to myself, and I don't even know how long that went for, um, yeah, it might, Brandon says four hours, so it might be four hours. Honestly, if you told me, it's enough. Um, well, we're going to come back with other Join the Party stuff, and I'm going to make jokes with other people in the future. Um, and I hope you had a good time. Uh, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, because I'm tired of talking. Bye-bye.